It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. Well, thank you for that huge introduction, Mr. Voiceover Man. I am Adam Ritz, and we start today's show with a mention of Hurricane Maria and the storm damage in Puerto Rico. It's devastating. And if we can keep these conversations going, the people there without power, without gasoline, water, food, electricity, we can get more help, more resources, more money to the citizens, uh, American citizens of Puerto Rico to get them back on their feet. They were just wiped out by Hurricane Maria. My name is Adam Ritz. Taylor Scott is with me, uh, a contributing member of the show. Hi, Taylor. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. We're going to have a great show today. We've got an interview with the head football coach of the University of Florida Gators in Gainesville, uh, Jim McElwain. He's affectionately known as Coach Mac. And we'll touch on some more charity work uh, later in the show. But for now, we're going to touch on Puerto Rico and what's happening with uh, Hurricane Maria. This has been a devastating storm season with Houston first being hit by Hurricane Harvey. Right behind it, Hurricane Irma really does a lot of damage to Florida. Hurricane Jose does a lot of damage in the Caribbean and then goes north into the Atlantic and then Hurricane Maria. And it's crazy, Taylor, how people sometimes get like a hurricane haze. The media reporting on this, the first one, you remember Hurricane Harvey hitting Houston, that was like, you know, Armageddon and Hurricane Irma. I mean, it was just top of every newscast. Everybody wanted to help and is giving and there's telethons and celebrities and tweeting. And then four or five hurricanes later, you're like, "Uh, you know, whatever. And it's not that you don't care. It's just you get hurricane burnout. So when Hurricane Maria hit, Puerto Rico, which arguably is the was the worst one of the five, because mm-hmm. Puerto Rico is just devastated. For our listeners that maybe had that hurricane burnout and didn't even know about Hurricane Maria, why don't you catch us up on uh, what's going on in Puerto Rico? Yeah, so uh, first off, Hurricane Maria, was it started off as a Category 5 storm when it hit the Dominica. It was downgraded to a Category 4 storm when it finally hit Puerto Rico around uh, September 20th. But uh, yeah, the devastation was still massive. And being such a small island, of course, there's going to be uh, catastrophic uh, damage. And, and keep in mind that Hurricane Maria uh, hits Puerto Rico literally a few days after Hurricane Irma did enormous damage anyway. Yeah. So it's like they got two once-in-a-lifetime storms back-to-back. And the people of Puerto Rico certainly need all of our help. I wanted to go through uh, a website um, we like called charitynavigator.org. Uh, and what this website does is they they rate charities. So through devastation and disasters, the scam artists come out of the woodwork. So we like to encourage uh, – I, I do it with my family members. I do it with our, with our listeners with this public affairs show. If somebody contacts you to get a donation for a disaster, that's – possibly a red flag that that might be a scam. So I encourage people to be proactive in your donations. You contact them. You find out a a certified charity. You go through a website like charitynavigator.org to find the best charity with the highest rating that you know will do good with your donation. Because if you are just sitting on your couch and you're going through your email and there's a flashy email with a really good design that says donate now to the hurricane victims and you click on it and donate 100 bucks, $99 of it might just go to some guy's pocket. So really be careful with who you donate to. 
uh, and do your due diligence or research rather. And I will say you can trust a lot of the major networks and broadcasts that do these telethons. Celebrities would not damage their brand by telling you to donate to a telethon when 80% of that money would go to fund their private jets. So I really think that most of those telethons and celebrities can be trusted. But do your due diligence through CharityNavigator.org. And I just wanted to showcase just a, a few of these charities that Charity Navigator is suggesting to use when you want to donate to the victims of Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. There's a there's about 15 on here with a four or three star rating. And the great thing is they don't have the one or two star ratings on here to, to convolute or muddy the waters here. So you can just go to their website, find a charity that best fits you, what, what you're trying to accomplish, whether that's restoring power or getting them water or just giving them cash. Whatever you do, we encourage you to do something. Uh, and here's a great example, Taylor. We, we've learned this through all the years of doing this public affairs show. If you don't have any money to give, you have your social media that you can provide as an advertising outlet. Post a link to one of these certified charities and encourage your community to at least keep it in mind so that even if if they're in the same boat and can't give any money, maybe they're at the water cooler at work and they're like, hey, you know what? That Hurricane Maria really wiped out Puerto Rico. We should do something as a company. So the social media aspect just keeps the conversations going and maybe one out of 100 people that gets in that conversation will say, you know what? I've got a little bank account I was saving for a rainy day. This is a pretty good cause. I'm going to give $1,000. I mean, that's how the virality of the internet and social media can be, you know, used for good. Um, Taylor, we appreciate you coming on. We'll do, uh, there's a lot of happy charities out there, a lot of great causes. Uh, We bring Taylor on to talk about those. So no more storms. (laughs) Sorry. It's my fault. I apologize. (laughs) I'll cut it out. All right, Taylor. Well, thank you for coming on. We look forward to having you back. This portion of the Adam Rich Show is underwritten by Fusic and FusicMedia.com. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. And the show rolls on from Gainesville, Florida. We're with the head coach of the Florida Gators, Jim McElwain. I know you and love you as Coach Mack. Thanks for uh, joining us on the show, Coach Mack. I appreciate it, Adam. It's always great to see you. And we love to talk to head coaches about uh, social issues and um, fun issues like fatherhood. Uh, let's just start with fatherhood as a head coach. Um, it's a fascinating topic for me because you're a, you're a father figure to 100 guys on the team with the Gators football team. Uh, you have two daughters of your own. So I guess let's talk two about... Two daughters and a son. Oh, I'm sorry, you have yeah, three kids. Yeah. So, so three times over, you're a father. You're, you're also their coach. Yeah. Um, do you ever see uh, similarities in the two? Do you, do you ever find yourself coaching your kids and then being a father to your players? You know, that's one of the things. We talk to our kids all the time about you know, really the greatest thing you can ever do is, is be there for your kids, and that's really what it's all about. And, you know, all the coaches, all us coaches, everybody in this profession, the only reason we exist is because of these kids. And, you know, we treat them like we treat our own kids. Fantastic. And I know you have some foundation work with um, uh, with your wife, uh, doing some uh, golf outings possibly for the kids. Tell yeah. me about that. Well, first of all, not a good golfer. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, well, uh, but yeah, we I love get, the outings. i got to uh, ask you then, yeah, what, do you, what do you shoot for 18? Well, you know, a lot. Uh, I get, I, let's put it this way. I get my money's worth. <laughs> you know, as an offensive guy, you want to score points, right? You're scoring points. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. But, uh, uh, no, my wife Karen and I, uh, through our MacFam Foundation, uh, you know, it's something we try to do to give back. And, and i got to tell you, we're the luckiest people in the world. And uh, just a chance to help the youth in the community, the surrounding area, Latchwood County, uh, obviously the state of Florida is something that uh, 
you know, we're a big part of and, and uh, something we really like to do. So the Mac Foundation is... The Mac uh, Fam. I'm sorry, MacFam, yeah. MacFam. Are there digital outlets for this, a MacFam.org? Yeah, right? we, it's actually through our LSC. Okay. Uh, we do it through this and one initial golf tournament, which we have here in Gainesville, and, and uh, we do it in the spring, and, and it's a great event. We bring the town out, bring a lot of people here, and, and we have a great time. And, uh, you know, the best time is when you're able to give back. And, and you know, we, we talk all, a lot with our team with anybody we touch, you know, really one of the greatest things there is is, is uh, you know, giving of yourself for the benefit of others, and that's really what we try to do. I'm glad you said that. That's what we try to report on on this radio show. We want our listeners to uh, hopefully be motivated, me included. I mean, I'm not above anybody. I want to get off my couch and try to make a difference in the world. And hearing about head coaches in the Southeastern Conference that are getting off their couch to help out their communities, that's important for all of us to hear. Um, let's have a little fun now and talk football um, with Jim McElwain, the head coach of the Florida Gators. Uh, everybody wants to pick your brain and media day and press conferences and third downs. Um, and I like to know, I guess, from a tight end's perspective, it's my favorite position. <laughs> right, What's right. your favorite play to do for a tight end? Well, you know, there's a lot of them. And actually, one of the best ones that we kind of ever run is one that we just call Old Brown Shoe. And uh, we came up with it and couldn't figure out what to call it. And somebody said, well, it's the Old Brown Shoe. So... We run that, put it in as part of our package, and, and uh, kids have a lot of fun with it, and usually it's the tight end that ends up with it. The old brown shoe. The and old brown shoe. Can I ask where that came from? I mean, well, did, I mean was there not? a brown shoe on the ground, and that's how it came up, or was this? You is know, there a deeper meaning to the old brown shoe? Well, that's the beauty of it. It's just the old brown shoe. <laughs> And that's all you're going to give me? That's all I, you're I, give. I, I, because it's a, it's a secret? It's a team secret? What's the play? Is it across the middle? Is it uh, oh, two no, wide receivers it, crossing? Or, you know what? It's, it's just it's the old it's brown the shoe. It's the old brown shoe. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> and I think it's undefeated. <laughs> so, it's undefeated. Yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't mess with the yeah. old brown shoe. Well, Coach Mack, we thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. Best of luck here in Gainesville with the Florida Gators. Thanks. It was great to see you again. This is Scooter Christensen from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and you're listening to The Adam Red Show. We bring back a, a special regular guest. To the, well, he's not special. He's just a regular guest. We've had him on the show so many times now. Lee Lonzo. Hi, Lee. Hello, Adam. Great to be back. Does it feel really great to be back on the show? You are uh, one of our original, I guess, uh, contributors to the broadcast, and uh, I think you hold the record now for the most appearances on The Adam Rich Show. Well, uh, uh, that's a real compliment to me, and yes, it's great to be back. I listen to your show. I love listening <laughs> to the interviews. Uh, just recently, one that pops to mind was that interview with Jeff Saturday, which was awesome. Oh, cool, cool. Because uh, I'm all about mentoring, and he talks so much about mentoring, so absolutely, it's great to be back. And just real quick on your background, uh, you mentioned mentoring. You, you're a, a lifelong educator, an attorney, a consultant. You've uh, been an athletic director, a principal, an attorney. I think I said that twice because I like attorneys so much. <laughs> um, and now you are the principal of Lee Lonzo Consulting, and you consult 
um, high school organizations on how to deal with bullying and hazing. And I hear you're involved with uh, another project uh, that is really dear to our hearts with the Special Olympics. Tell us uh, more about what you're doing with high school athletic directors, high school student athletes uh, with the Special Olympics. Well, Adam, it, it, it's been a great opportunity for me. I've been involved with uh, high school athletics my entire life. And uh, I've had the opportunity recently to work with a, a group in a, a student advisory committee. Uh, these are, are great student athletes from around the state, and they wanted to take on a new service project. Uh, they were aware of the NCAA model of uh, their, the NCAA student advisory committees working with uh, not-for-profits and doing service projects. So our kids decided that they wanted, wanted to look around. They did some research. They had some uh, presentations, and they decided to start a brand-new project with Special Olympics. It's been just a win-win, very rewarding situation on all sides. So what is it? What do these kids do with uh, the Special Olympic athletes? They work with the athletes? Well, uh, that's just a part of it, and and let's start with that. Uh, My student athletes uh, from 18 schools around the state, uh, they have set three goals for themselves. And the first one is the category you're talking about, and that is volunteering with Special Olympics athletes. So they are running clinics. They are uh, helping Special Olympics at their regularly scheduled events. For example, this upcoming weekend, you got a bunch of tournaments going on around the state. They need scorekeepers. They need people to move things around. They need officials. They, they just need bodies uh, because Special Olympics is pretty much entirely run by volunteers. So our kids are volunteering with these athletes. In some cases, they're actually planning these events themselves. We had a, uh, a bowling party with Special Olympics athletes recently. Got some kids who have planned uh, uh, track days and softball days and soccer days in the spring with Special Olympics athletes. So that's one goal. They're also trying to help raise some money for Special Olympics. They realize that they can only offer programs if they've got money. And one of our big uh, things coming up is we, we're, we're having a national summer games. So our kids are helping raise money to send people to that uh, national games. And then the third uh, goal they've set for themselves is to raise awareness about people with intellectual disabilities, and particularly uh, a Special Olympics initiative called Spread the Word to End the Word, end the word which is the R word, retard, retarded. Uh, Just get that out of your vocabulary, and our kids are taking a pledge not to use the R word, and they're going out to their schools and trying to get them to do that as well, all part of an anti-bullying awareness campaign. So uh, it's just been so rewarding seeing these kids latch on to this. You know, you mentioned uh, awareness, and um, it's something that we've dealt with a lot with charities is that sometimes organizations – uh, would want to have awareness just as much as they want to have the finances. So if you can't afford to actually give money to, a, to an organization, if you can't give a dollar bill to the Special Olympics, retweet them. Go to their Facebook page. Like their Facebook page. Uh, share all that content. And maybe someone, one of your friends, will see something you reposted on your Facebook page, and maybe they have a dollar that they can give to the organization. So don't think just as, I don't have any extra money, I've got my own bills, I've got my own problems, that you can't help. You can't help if you get involved uh, socially and uh, just heighten the awareness. Our guest is Lee Lonzo. Uh, He's part of an initiative with uh, high school student athletes in the Special Olympics. Does this have a title, like an actual namesake? Well, I just came back from a, a, a conference 
conference, and it's hosted by Special Olympics, uh, but they generically refer to all the high school associations uh, j- just that way, interscholastic high school ath- athletic associations, and they are really encouraging the state-by-state cooperation and partnership between the state association and, uh, and Special Olympics within that state. So tell us about the conference. Where was this at? Well, uh, it was out in Phoenix, and I think that was uh, intentional because Arizona was one of the first on board with this. I Uh, thought you were going to say because it was warm. Well, that too. No, as a matter of fact, I'll I'll tell you this story. It snowed while we were there. I met a guy who said it hasn't snowed in Phoenix in 55 years. It snowed while we were there. So we didn't really enjoy the weather. Uh, But Arizona Athletic Association has had this partnership with uh, Special Olympics for years. And one of the events we got to go see was the high school basketball state championship. And between a girls game and a boys game, there was a a unified game. And what unified sports is all about is the same number of Special Olympics athletes with non-Special Olympics athletes who are called partners. And they played a game in between the girls game and the boys game and got all that publicity and all those people in the stands cheering for them. It It was a great experience. That is very cool. Very cool. And this uh, conference in uh, Phoenix was uh, had athletic directors from all over the country, right? Well, uh, it had some athletic directors, but it was really more based on, on the executive directors of the state associations and their assistants. So every state has that one organization that runs all the state championships. Uh, it was those people, as well as Special Olympics people from 29 different states, who got together and said, how can we make this work? Uh, for our kids and our kids being both the Special Olympics athletes within their schools and the people who are normally participating with the High School Athletic Association. And then real quick, can you describe uh, the feeling that you sense that uh, a high school student-athlete gets or experiences when they work with a special Olympian? Well, I'm just going to give you one example. I work with this junior at Boone Grove High School, and she, first of all, raised a bunch of money by jumping in freezing cold water. Polar plunge. Uh, polar plunge, and that's a big one for Special Olympics. Then she turned around and at her school organized one of these basketball games. This one was held at halftime of her varsity game. Uh, And then a few weeks later, she writes me that her boys' basketball team won the sectional, first round of the tournament, and they started to go cut down the net, and they grabbed their manager, who's a Special Olympics athlete, and had him go down and cut down the first part of the net. And the crowd went nuts. And then she turns around to me and says, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I think that says it all. That's a great example. That is, that is, it warms your heart. It That's does. awesome. Well, Lee Lonzo, we thank you for coming on the show again. We look forward to having you back. Uh, before we let you go, how can our listeners uh, follow what you're doing? Well, I'm on Facebook, Lee Lonzo Consulting. Uh, I'm at LeeLonzo at me.com. And uh, got a webpage, LeeLonzoConsulting.com as well. I will click on it today. Awesome. Thank you very much, Adam. <laughs> Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we are proud to move along with our next guest, Jennifer Connor. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Hi, Adam. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I wish this was television because <laughs> you're so bubbly and happy and the smile on your face. I'm sure it will come through the radio, but I wish our friends 
uh, listening can see your face. Because why are you so damn happy? Oh, well, you're such an... <laughs> well, I am. I, I know I'm happy. I think it's the mustard that's making me so happy. So, But uh, um, but also being with you, you're an inspiration to us all. And um, I, you know, I think also my philosophy in life is, you know, it's every day is short. You've got to make the best of it. And, you know, better to be happy than sad. And, um, and I, you know, really want to spread that sunshine out there in the world. Well, you're spreading uh, the sunshine. And uh, that's a great segue into the color of the sun is yellow. You are known as the Mustard Girl. Yes. Uh, you own the company. It's a mustard company called Mustard Girl Mustard, yes. correct? Yes, that's correct. And uh, Mustard Girl Mustard started in 2007. And um, how it got started was I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison and there was a small mustard farmer there that made this amazing mustard. I used to put it on everything, and he be that he then became too old to make it by hand. So I went to him and I said, "Oh my gosh, uh, Mr. Rundle, I can't imagine the world without your mustards." And I want to, you know, spread the sunshine with everyone, make everyone happy with this, and and you know, continue on with your business. And he said. Um, no, I don't think so. You're just an art history major. This will be, you know, <laughs> you crazy little lady. And so I said, uh, well, well, you know, I really thought that I could. I said, well, this without a business plan or anything. I said, well, give me a week. I'll figure this out. So I was just, I just prayed to my higher power. I'm like, um, you know, dear God, um, if you could please give me a sign when I go up north to Ark family's cabin for a rainbow or a shooting star, that would be awesome. So, you know, God never works out how you want it to work out. And it was raining and thundering all weekend long. So then I said, well, Sunday rolled around. I said, well, I'm going to go to church and this will be my last, you know, resort. Um, maybe if you could just have the uh, father say yellow during the sermon that, you know, that'll be a sign. So I went to church and the father got up and he said, there comes a time in life when we're all in a little bit of doubt, but just remember, it's like going back and having faith in the mustard seed. If you have faith in the mustard seed, you will move mountains. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was, it, it touched my life. It changed my life. And That's a, and I, that's a pretty good sign. Yeah. <laughs> and thank God I didn't get in the ketchup business because there are no tomatoes in the Bible, no, you know. No. So, yeah. but I, uh, but that was, it was, it, that changed my life. And I went back and I told the mustard uh, farmer what happened. He said, you know, Jennifer, he's like, I don't want to be struck down by lightning if I don't tell you these recipes. So he's like, I'll believe in you. I just wanted to make sure you had enough compassion and love as I do as I pass this baby on. But I know you can do it. And so then we uh, we worked together and I, with, um, we got the um, I found a manufacturing company to make the recipes. And so the nice thing about the mustards is that they're all natural and gluten free and they're all they're um, nationally award winning. They won the worldwide mustard competition just recently. So that was really exciting. And, um, you know, my goal is to, you know, of course, spread that sunshine out there in the world, make people's taste buds happy, including hot dogs. And um, I uh, and also I like my a part of, you know, my mantra is also to give back as well. I like, you know, so I attach myself to Make-A-Wish Foundation in Wisconsin and um, and then the Common Threads organization, which is to was started by Art Smith, which helps um, inner city kids um, teaching them how to cook healthier or cook better and eat healthier to help end childhood uh, obesity. And well, that's why, you know, we bring you on the show to talk yeah. about uh, your philanthropy work and yeah. charity work through Mustard Girl. Portions of the proceeds goes to um, those charities you mentioned, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. And I want to learn more about the one you just mentioned um, with the child, fighting child obesity. Sure. What is it called again? Sure. It's called Common Threads. So the website is www.commonthreads.org. And so um, there's 
Um, there's a place in a Chicago office, Washington, D.C. office, and also one in um, Los Angeles. And basically what, um, what Common Threads does is it goes into the inner city schools and we set up uh, these camps. So we have chefs that come in and we bring in all these fruits and vegetables, fresh fish, uh, meats. We teach them about all the different types of foods. And then we teach them how to cut the vegetables, prepare them, and then cook the meals at home. So these, and, the, and the, what we provide them with are everyday food that you can find cheaply at the grocery store and then tell them the health benefits of it and, and how, you know, starting these, um, it's like starting with a little mustard seed early. Once you teach them how to cook and eat healthier better it'll set um you know a, a good future for them in the future because they're going to be it's going to create awareness and then they're going to pass it on to their families and hopefully that you know we're wanting to get this next generation who who are probably who a lot of the kids are just eating you know uh, fast food a lot because it's cheaper and it's easier and we just want to kind of start a new revolution with educating about what is good for you and how to stay healthy and and the importance of long life and that these kids are you know we want to be great leaders of our next time and so it's a wonderful opportunity to reach out to these kids and give them inspiration and you know some of them want to grow up and be chefs now you know and or they see that there is hope and promise out there in the world to live you know happy lives and we inspire them we talk about what they want to be when they get older and it's just a really one-on-one hands-on uh, uh wonderful experience i mean I, I cry every time i go in there i mean it's, it's been great but it's um something that you know i strongly support and um very proud to be a part of the organization. Well, I can tell you're the passion in your voice, the again the smile on your face. And you know what? We're going to have a picture of you on our on the website. So adamrichshow.com. Check out a picture of Jennifer Connor, the uh, CEO and president of Mustard Girl mm-hmm. Mustard. Uh, we ran into her at one of your Costco promotions. You are. Uh, I shouldn't jinx it, but you're on the precipice of doing a huge national deal with Costco's of America. Is that right? Yes, yes. We're having faith in that mustard seed. This all yeah. shines through. But um, but I've been. Um, it was it was such a wonderful opportunity to work with Costco. They're a great, wonderful company and a great way for the brand to grow. And so I've been doing. Um, I've so far have done over 30 road shows all over the Midwest and in various cities. Um, and so, so and we have a big meeting on October 8th, and then that's an, our next stage of how we're going to roll things out. But we this will be a really exciting time, and I know currently – um, not only with Costco, but I just established regional status with Whole Foods in the Midwest and um, a lot of top restaurant chains in the Midwest, too, like Let Us Entertain You, Gibson's and Stanley's. Um, so I got into Cisco and U.S. Food Service. And um, I, my first ballpark was in um, Charleston, uh, South Carolina with the River Dogs. So they have Mustard Girl down there and the Mallard Ducks, which is exciting. And, um, you know, that fancy yellow mustard is certainly makes any hot dog happy. So we, we hope. <laughs> that uh, get the squeeze on with that mustard girl but um and anyway we it's a really um you know exciting time it's been a dream come true and I'm and, you know it's been hard harder than the nails it's the hardest thing I've ever done but my best advice to say is you know to, you know to have faith in your higher power and never give up you know surround yourself with good people and always have faith in your mustard seed you know I mean it, even though things get really bad just hang on the next day you know it's bright it'll brighten up and something really good will 
happen. And these are all stepping stones, like weights to prepare you for the road that lies ahead. And so I feel like it brings tears to my eyes, you know, for the blessing that I received. And I never thought I'd ever get into mustard. You know, I mean, I've always, I've always loved it, you know, but, but this is something that made your soul happy. And, uh, and, you know, you know, before I pass on to the next, you know, time, I just uh, really hope I can touch a lot of people's lives through mustard and to their souls. (laughs) So it's kind of a a good for the uh, heart and soul kind of mustard, you know. Eight billion people on the planet. And I bet you're the only art history major that owns a mustard company now. <laughs> that That's right. And I'm, yeah, absolutely. There's got to be one for everyone, right? <laughs> now, before I let you go, yeah. uh, I know that mustard tastes fantastic on a corn dog, mm-hmm. on a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it tastes uh, really good on a, on a bologna sandwich with cheese. Mm, uh, you know what, though? I'm not much of a connoisseur of, of the culinary arts, so you, mm-hmm. give me a quick example of, of what I need to do with, with some of your mustard on okay. something that I wouldn't have otherwise put it on. Okay. I I was the founder and um, the inventor of the Mustard Girl Brat Pizza. Should I tell you that recipe? It's amazing. Yeah. So you so you go to the grocery store and you get a baboli pizza uh-huh. bottom and then you just heat it up in the oven just so it's a little bit crispy and then you make the sauce which is um, um, a quarter cup of um, sour cream um, mixed with um, or you can do sour cream or you can do um, regular cream mixed with um, stone ground mustard and that would be like three or four tablespoons so that's the base and then you put on um, fully cooked Johnsonville beer soaked brats and then um, mozzarella cheese and then you put it in the oven for seven minutes and then you take it out they put sauerkraut on it so you have your brat pizza and it's definitely like a, everything that will fit a true staple of a true Wisconsinite, you know? Yeah. What's uh, How can our listeners find out about, uh, is it mustardgirl.com? Yep. That easy, mustardgirl.com. Yep. Mustardgirl.com. And if they ever wanted to reach out or say hello, my email's on the, there as well. And if you wanted to order from there too, um, I'd be happy to ship to you as well. She's Mustard Girl, Jennifer Connor. Yeah. Uh, we thank you. Oh, what's the Twitter? Yeah, the Twitter is mustardgirlusa. Mustard Girl USA, Jennifer Connor. We can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on the show to talk about your work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Common Threads, Child Obesity, all very important social issues. We're we're so glad that you're uh, passionate about helping out uh, as well as your awesome mustards. So we wish you the best of luck. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's just such an honor to be on your show. And keep on spreading that sunshine. You you are Mustard Girl's... uh, Number one mustard man. Love you to pieces. Can I be mustard man? Yeah, you can be mustard man. I'll get you a, a later hosting, okay? <laughs> so at my journal. <laughs> the Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.